day after day. Every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again he offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts... I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Father, we pray now as we look into your word, we know this to be true that we need your Holy Spirit to open our eyes that we could see, open our ears that we can hear, open our minds that we can understand, and open our hearts that we would be transformed. And we also know this to be true, that at the end of every year we look back and perhaps there are plenty of things that we wish we would have done differently. And we carry a whole lot of baggage with us. And so we pray today, as we look at this passage, that the sacrifice that you made, Lord Jesus, would sink more deeply into our lives that we truly have a clean slate because of your sacrifice. Lord Jesus, be glorified. May no one hear anything that I say, but may they only hear what it is that you want them to hear and need them to hear. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were to ask me what my favorite book of the Bible is, the answer would be very quick, and I would tell you, Hebrews. I absolutely love this book. There is no book in the Bible that that I enjoy getting into more than Hebrews. As a matter of fact, years ago, I did a Bible study with a group of people, and it took me two and a half to three years to work my way through this great book of the Bible. It's a phenomenal book. I love the imagery that's in this book. I love the way the author of this book ties Old Testament concepts into and, and, and connects them to Jesus Christ and his fulfilling of them. When I find myself discouraged, and I would imagine I'm not the only one that gets discouraged at times, when I find myself discouraged, I find myself incredibly encouraged by the chapter, by chapter 11 of Hebrews. If you're discouraged right now, my hope and prayer for you would be that you would take the time as this day unwinds to take the time and enjoy Hebrews 11. But there's one bigger reason why I love Hebrews so much, and it's this one. The non-stop emphasis on how marvelous Jesus Christ truly is. The author of Hebrews wants every single person to know that Jesus Christ is greater than all angels. 
He's greater than all prophets. He's greater than all priests. He's greater than all sacrifices. He's greater than anyone or anything that has gone before him or as ever will ever come after him. Jesus Christ deserves all praise and worship from every part of his creation because Jesus Christ is simply that deserving. That's why I like Hebrews. That's why I enjoy it every single time that I get to spend time in it. And that's why for this last message in 2018, we're looking at my favorite book of the Bible, Hebrews. If you don't like that, I guess you could get up and leave, but I hope you don't because when we're talking about Hebrews, we're talking about this wonderful, wonderful book that focuses so much on Jesus Christ. And this particular passage from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 to 18, is a great passage that reminds us that we truly have a clean slate. We truly have a clean slate because not of anything that we've done, but because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So I don't know about you, but in 2018, and and pretty much at the end of every year, I spend time looking back. I spend time looking back and reflecting on some of the great things that have happened. And, And serving as pastor here, there are many wonderful things that have happened this past year for this community of faith. First off, people coming to place their trust in Jesus Christ. There's no greater joy than seeing that happen and hearing about people's experiences with Jesus Christ. The second one is this, people getting more and more people getting involved in serving at this church. Yes, we're always looking for more and more volunteers to help us in children's or students or, or adult ministry, whatever the case may be, but we're, we're, we're desiring to see that continue on, and, and we thank God for the people that have stepped up into that. And also people experiencing healing. Incredible things have happened this year in people's lives where all of a sudden things have turned around for them physically and they're grateful for that. And then people reaching out to their friends, their co-workers, their family, their, their, the people that they interact with at the grocery store, reaching out and sharing with them the good news of Jesus Christ. And people generously getting behind the Haggai project, the fire relief efforts that we've, that we've undertaken, the Faraha dormitory that's now in, in the, very close to having ground broken in Nairobi, Kenya, the ongoing ministries of this church that people continue to support, Streets of Bethlehem as we see that ministry continue to impact this city and so many other wonderful ministries that we have here in the church. There are many wonderful things that have happened this past year in 2018. But just as I shared earlier about great things happening, and by the way, another great thing that's happening today is Sally Lewis has a birthday today. Happy birthday to you. All right, so uh, so that's a good thing. You can, yep, that's good. That's fine. So that's a good thing. I love embarrassing you. Um, But it's also been a day. It's also been a year that has been filled with some difficult things. The loss of loved ones. Some of you have received difficult news from the doctor. Some of you have experienced unexpected job changes. Some of you have been through family crises that you never thought you'd have to go through. You see, in all of that, there are all these different things that happen to us and that that compel us, that, that prompt us to say, what's going on? And especially as we look forward to 2019, we have to realize going into that, that oftentimes the one thing that we need more than anything else is a clean slate. 
It's a clean slate because so often, as you saw in the video, regret, guilt, shame weigh us down. And they prevent us from moving forward. We have these voices in our head that say, well, you messed up last time. What makes you think that you won't mess up this time? Well, we have a God who says, I know you messed up. And I still care about you. And I've still done what needed to be done to rescue you. Look at this first verse in in Hebrews chapter 10. Look at verse 11. It says this, Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. If you served as a priest, it was pretty much standing room only. Not that it was packed, but you never get to sit down. A priest's job was never done. A priest's job was never done. You began serving at 25 years of age, and and usually your, your term of service went till you were about 50. And yes, as we talked about this a few weeks ago when we were looking at Zechariah, as a priest you showed up and went to the temple two times a year, but during those two weeks out of the year, it was non-stop activity for you. I'm going to tell you a few things that they did, and this is not an exhaustive list. The primary thing that priests did was they served as mediators between humanity and God. If you had an issue with somebody or you had an issue between you and God, you could not go straight to God. You needed to go to a priest to talk about these things. So as a priest, you were hearing people all the time. You also presented sacrifices to God. Read through the book of Leviticus and you'll see this incredibly long list of different sacrifices that needed to be made for various sins. It was non-stop for you. And then also you had a responsibility to teach people the law. I don't know about you, but I'm prone to forget very important things. But I do remember my anniversary. It's August 10th, 1991. And that's an important date to remember for me. I also remember my children's birthdays. One's in January and the other's in March. You guys didn't get the joke there. I didn't give you a date. This is a rough crowd this morning. (laughs) January 10th for Heidi, March 22nd for Stephanie. But there are other things in life that are important that I forget quite often. A priest's job was to teach, was to constantly teach. And then also a priest's job was to give judgment on difficult situations. If you had an issue with your house, if, you, if, there was, if it looked like there was some mold or mildew forming, you didn't take care of that. You called a priest in to have them examine that and tell you what they needed to do. If you had some type of skin ailment or, or whatever, you didn't take care of it yourself. You called the priest in to take a look at that so that they would tell you how to take care of that. A priest's job was never done. And when you were on call in the tabernacle, synagogue, or temple, they never get this. And notice what it says here. Day after day, every priest stands. Day after day, every priest stands. They never 
sat down. Never. From the time they started serving, when they were in the temple or doing whatever they were doing at the temple for that particular week, they never sat down. Yes, they took, they, they slept at night, I get that. Unless, but they also had some type of, of, of role going on where they had to keep the candles burning in the temple all the time. There was constant activity. They never sat down. I don't know about you, but never sitting down, it takes its toll on you. We now have shoes that have cushions and, and make, it, make it manageable for us to be able to stand on our feet for quite a, quite a period of time. But back then, they didn't have Nikes and Reeboks and Adidas and all that. They had sandals. And the last thing I knew, I don't, I don't see any support system in a sandal. My point is this. Never standing down, never, never being able to sit down was exhausting. And the reason why they couldn't sit down was because they were constantly at work make, offering sacrifices to God. But here's the issue. Notice what it says at the end of this. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices. And these next line, next phrase is huge. Which can never take away sins. They had incredible job security. Incredible job security. Daryl Simpson and I have this ongoing joke that because of humanity's sinfulness, he being serving with the sheriff's department, he has job security because humanity sins. Because they sin, there are consequences to that, and Daryl gets to share with the people some of those consequences that happen. Me serving as a pastor, as long as there's sin there, I get to talk to people about the consequences of their sin and where it took them to places they never wanted to go. For the priests, it was job security. It never took away sins. No matter how many sacrifices they performed, no matter what they did, it never took away sin. Imagine that. Imagine what those priests were experiencing. And it's almost as if the writer of of Hebrews is saying, I've taken these people to this very difficult place. I need to give them hope. Because notice the first word of verse 12. He says this, But when this priest... All of a sudden, you realize there is now a significant shift has happened. But when this priest comes into play. Had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. That seat is taken. That seat is taken by Jesus Christ. Every single priest had to make sacrifices for their own sin. 
It was part of the deal because we're fallen, because we struggle with things, because we have this issue or we have that issue. The priests were just like you and I. They had their own sins that they had to make sacrifices for. And not only their own sins that they have to make sacrifices for, they had to make sacrifices for everybody else's sins as well as people brought in doves and pigeons and lambs or whatever the case, whatever other animal they needed to, to sacrifice, have sacrificed for the forgiveness of their sins. But what I love here is when the writer of Hebrews says, but when this priest, from Hebrews 1 to this point, this priest that he, the author of Hebrews is talking about is one and only Jesus Christ. That's this priest. And anytime you see the word but there, it means pay attention to what's about to be written. Because what's about to be written overshadows what you just read. And Jesus Christ, throughout the entire book of Hebrews, overshadows everyone who's come before him and everyone who will come after him. He overshadows them because Jesus Christ is this priest. Is this priest who had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins. One sacrifice. Jesus Christ does what Martin Luther called the great exchange. One of the most busy, one of the most busy shopping days uh, for the entire year is the day after Christmas. Why is that? People want to take back stuff. They want to exchange stuff, right? Real funny story. A friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine named Ken, he. Uh, his son said to him, he said, listen, all I want this year is cash. Well, Ken and his wife, Cindy, got together and said, listen, we're not just going to give him cash. We got to do something creative. And so what they did for their son, and he was 16 years old when this happened, they bought him every single thing that they could find that had Justin Bieber on it. He had a Justin Bieber lunchbox, got a Justin Bieber notebook, got a Justin Bieber backpack, got a Justin Bieber poster, got a Justin Bieber, which blew my mind, Justin Bieber biography. They got him all this Justin Bieber stuff. The whole reason is, is so he would then have to go and exchange these things and get the cash that, was, that they had paid for it. It was a brilliant move on his part. But one of the things that I've noticed in my life when I've needed to make an exchange, and back to what we're talking about here, one of the things that I've noticed when I've needed to make an exchange in my life is this. If I'm going to exchange something that's worth $25, the people are not going to respond to me and say, hey, you're exchanging this for $25. We would like you to have an extra $25. Let's make it $50. The exchange is always even. But thank God he doesn't operate by that system. We exchange, and he exchanges back with something far greater than we could ever ask or imagine. You see, notice what he says here. Look at this. Every day, priests stand and perform their religious duties. Again and again, they offer the same sacrifices notice the plural there many sacrifices which can never take away sins 
And then you come to verse 12, and this is the exchange. We have many sacrifices, but in verse 12, but when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice, we move from many sacrifices to one sacrifice. And he's not done there. He, go, he, he, takes it to, he takes it again and he continues on and he says this. He says, he sat down at the right hand of God. This priest, Jesus Christ, is no longer going to be standing. He gets to sit down. And it means this. It's done. There is nothing more to do. Standing to sitting. Many sacrifices to one sacrifice. And then he says this. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has, been made, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Folks, forever is a really long time forever that one sacrifice covers everything forever no more need for any other sacrifices no more need to come before before god with your animals or whatever the case may be It's his sacrifice. He is sitting down right now. It's done. It's forgiven. He's made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Those who are being made holy. You are holy today because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And you are being made holy today because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. By placing your trust in Him, you're made holy. When we talk about having a clean slate, we're talking about holiness. We're talking about completeness. We're talking about perfection. And I don't know about you, but I'll just say this. There are plenty of times in my life when I don't feel holy, perfect, or complete. I'm a mess oftentimes. But you know what? In God's eyes, He sees me through the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made And he sees holiness. If you you have not placed your trust in Jesus Christ and you're carrying around all types of regret, my prayer for you this morning is that you would say, Jesus, your sacrifice is what I need and is what I trust. And if you're here this morning carrying around guilt and shame and regret, about stuff that maybe happened yesterday and perhaps stuff that happened decades ago. Listen to this. By one sacrifice, he's made perfect forever, not temporarily, 
but forever. Those who are being made holy. And to drive the point home all the more, the writer of Hebrews then says this, The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Do you see that? No longer necessary. Where these have been forgiven, it is no longer necessary for any other sacrifice to be made. God is so good that he has the ability to offer us forgiveness, and in the process of offering us forgiveness, he also offers us forgottenness. Forgiven and forgotten. And what I love here is this, and this is part of the reason why I love Hebrews so much, is that the writer of Hebrews goes back to Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter, and he brings out this prophecy. And he says, it is now taken care of because of Jesus Christ. The prophet Jeremiah, somehow, someway, was inspired to say that there's going to be a time when there are no more sacrifices necessary. Imagine how that prophecy was received. It's like, wait a second, that's impossible. How is that going to happen? It's going to happen because God says it's possible. The Bible always interprets the Bible. When you have questions about what something means, take the time, do a little digging, and you'll find this out. The Bible interprets the Bible. The writer, of Jerem- the, the writer of Jeremiah, Jeremiah writes, Jesus Christ fulfills what that is. And I want to ask you something right now. When have you ever seen God break a promise or covenant? Never. He bats perfectly. He wins all the time. He fulfills every promise, every covenant. He's not one time dropped the ball. And that's what's going on here. The writer of Hebrews knows the way humanity operates, and he knows this, that oftentimes we say, well, I'm glad I'm forgiven, but then the next day we wake up and go, I wonder if I really am forgiven. Am I the only one that struggles with this? I think all of us do. Many of us do. But what the writer is saying here is that God always offers complete forgiveness, not partial forgiveness. It wasn't Jesus Christ's death and resurrection that took care of 90% of our issue and our need for forgiveness. It was Jesus Christ's death and resurrection that provided 100% complete forgiveness. And then I love what he says there. What he says next in verse 17. Their sins and lawless acts, I will remember every Thursday. Or every Monday, since people don't like Mondays. No. I will remember no more. God forgives, and when He forgives... It is forgotten. It's forgotten. 
the story goes that this woman in a, in a Central American town was having visions of Jesus Christ visiting her. And there was a, uh, there was a person there that, had, that uh, he had come from the United States and he was visiting for, the, for three months and he would, he would preach and, 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 she, and he would always be at the back door and she would come up to him and share with him these visions that she was having about Jesus Christ visiting her. This priest had somewhat become a little bit of a cynic over time. And he said, well, I do. You know, he didn't say this to her because what she was saying seemed to hold some, some truth to it. And so he said to the woman, he looks at her and he says, I want, to do, I want you to do me a favor the next time you have one of these visions. I want you to ask him, do you remember the sin could you please tell me the sin that my priest committed while he was in seminary? A number of weeks went by. She hadn't been there at church, and then she shows up one Sunday morning. He's back at the door, and he has a big smile on his face because he's going to ask her, what did the priest say? And so she begins, he says, so have you had one of those visions recently? He says, yes, as a matter of fact, I did. He says, did you do what I asked you to do for me? She said, yes. Yes. I asked him. And the priest had a big smile on his face because he was wanting to hear about this particular sin that he had committed in seminary. And so he said, well, what did Jesus say to you when you asked him? about my sin in seminary. And the priest looked at her, the the woman looked at her and said, well, Jesus said, I have no idea what you're talking about. Completely forgotten. Folks, I know this to be true. That as we live life, it gets harder and harder for us to believe that we're forgiven for all that we've done. And it gets harder and harder for us to forget what we have committed. But based on the truth that we have in God's Word, it's forgiven. It's forgotten. And the reason why is because He cares for us And He loves us. And that sacrifice took care of everything. I want to ask you one question. What have you decided to not forget? And then I want to follow it up with this question. Since God has forgiven and forgotten, doesn't it make sense that we should forgive? and forget as well. Father, we pray as we reflect on these words, as we see this passage, perhaps for the first time, perhaps for the thousandth time, that you, we pray, that you would open our eyes to the reality that because of Jesus Christ, We've been forgiven. And because of Jesus Christ, 
our sins have been forgotten. Lord, we confess to you how often we want to remember them. And we want to live in that place of regret. Father, remind us this morning that we're forgiven. And because we're forgiven, you've forgotten because of Jesus Christ. Penetrate into our doubt. Penetrate into our insecurities. Penetrate into our regrets and our shame and our guilt. And remind us anew of what Jesus Christ accomplished for us. From many sacrifices that priests did to the one sacrifice that Jesus Christ did. And that one sacrifice overshadows all sacrifices. And we thank You for Jesus Christ. For for that forgiveness and for that paying the price for something that we could never pay. Penetrate our lives with the truth of that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to do something before we, uh, we sing. and We're going to celebrate communion, and we're going to do it differently tonight. I'm going to ask the elders to come forward, and, and what's going to happen is this. Instead of us taking the elements to you, we invite you to reflect on what you've heard. And for those of you that have placed your trust in Jesus Christ, we invite you to come forward and and receive these elements. Receive these elements, take them, and then go and sit down. If you're unable to come forward, just let us know, and and one of the elders will, will take you the elements. And for those of you that have not placed your trust in Jesus Christ, perhaps right now is that time to say yes to Jesus, to say, yes, I want to know him, and I want to receive that forgiveness that you've talked about this morning. And so, elders, please come forward, and then Heidi will play a little bit in the background, and and, uh, come forward, receive these elements after reflecting on what Jesus Christ has done for us, and then return back to your seats, and we will take them together. Okay, we clear on that? All right.